This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hansen. Thurley Ruxton by Philip Virrell Miguels. Chapter 41 The Gold of Morning. It was not till an hour afterward, with the village astir in the neighborhood agog, that Stiverant paused for a moment to wonder why his chauffeur had been attacked. He was unaware that Banks and the night's dim starlight resembled the Grand Duke Carl somewhat strikingly. The task of dragging and carrying Banks to a house, arousing the inmates, and inducing the frightened men and hysterical women of the immediate vicinity to help him save his mechanician's life, had occupied all his strength and thought. Underlying all of this was a dull but throbbing consciousness that thoroughly was somewhere near or far, disappointed if alive and doubtless in the hands of assassins allied with those who must have beaten banks it was never possible for even the part of a second to forget that the princess had called him sent him her brief appeal expected him here or somewhere at the fateful hour of nine he felt that now in the hours left of the long disastrous night he should be in his car driving hither and yon moving moving doing something definite something to find her and help her he groaned at the necessity of serving banks while neglecting thoroughly though the loyal impulse of his nature urged him readily to give all he could to his man banks had sustained a frightful blow on the skull that the arch of bone had not been more severely fractured or even crumpled inward was a miracle due perhaps to the thickness of his hair he had not revived till nearly three in the morning and then for a moment only a local physician summoned tardily had exhausted himself and his resources early while the ministrations of the women served to better purpose it was daylight, and Stivert was still tirelessly assisting and directing operations, when his man at length gave assurance of assuming his normal functioning, so suddenly interrupted, and so near its termination. The man, however, would be too ill and weak to be moved for several days. The name of a skilful woman, nurse, was supplied in answer to Stivert's demands. She lived in a larger village, twenty miles away, whither no one could go in a hurry. There was no alternative, as Robley knew. He must go in his car and drive the machine himself. He drank three steaming cups of coffee, thoughtfully provided by the one calm woman of the house, and started on his way. The sun arose in clouds and blew together, its first frost, brightened rays appearing to press upon the earth a colder wave of air far off on a lonesome snow-strewn road thoroughly had meantime roused from an inactivity which could scarcely be described as sleep she had shivered and chattered all night in her box 
drawing shavings and her tattered cloak about her chilling limbs and shoulders and had risen at times to beat her hands tramp up and down the shop and otherwise struggle with the numbing cold that crept to the marrow of her bones the first faint streaks of dawn had readily addressed her senses alert for signs that the night was past since its darkness and drag had seemed to be centuries long she had slipped from the shed-like structure only to find the half-dim world a scene of chill and desolation the wind had sought her instantly as if in greed for a victim long denied to face the road thus early was utterly disheartening she was not even sure of the way she had come back to the darkness of the partly sheltered shop she hastened to hunt in vain for a match whereby a fire might be lighted in the forge when at last the sun put a finger through a crack a slender golden finger cold but comforting smouldering hope took flame again in the heart of the weary girl her courage was endless she felt that if only she could find a house with any sort of welcome in a space of twenty miles she would walk and make no complaint no sooner had she issued forth however and ascertained her right direction by sight of the fire-ruined house than all the old fears of the previous night plus a hundred more returned to reignite her fever the darkness after all had been her friend by the morning's light those terrible men and the frightful woman at the house she had quitted would soon be infesting every road they could not long remain in ignorance of her escape if they had not indeed discovered her absence early in the night it seemed almost as if perhaps her greater safety lay in remaining at the shop yet there they might also presently search and there she could starve or perish with cold before she might perchance be enabled to hail some passing vehicle and beg for aid and protection and how should she know from whom to implore assistance since of all the men she had heard at the house she had seen but one pelvin she knew she must simply hasten on as fast as stiffened aching limbs could carry her down the road if only the chain about her waist could be dropped she should feel such tremendous relief she was powerless however to remove it and breathlessly expecting that any moment she might be startled by a shout as pursuing men espied and bore down upon her she faced the bleakness of the lifeless road and trudged bravely onward as before she had certainly gone far less than a mile and was coming to a wooden bridge that spanned a black little stream when out of the crispness of the morning air came a series of sharp percussions she knew them at once the rapid-fire discharges of a motor-car with the muffler cut out open her heart leaped like a doe discovered by a hunter the car was somewhere down ahead but was not in sight where the road curved in the woods instinctively certain that pursuit alone could arouse men at sunrise she darted swiftly to the bridge leaped down a frozen bank of gravel and was presently crouching in the shadows by the stream holding her breath to still her heart which she felt must betray her with its beating 
she had not long to wait the car thus early disturbing the silence sped with a snarl of power to the bridge and over its planks rattling down dust and bits of snow on the girl as grey as her cloak it was gone as quickly its two eager occupants max and jan wildly searching the road copse and field as they rounded the circle back to the house from which their intended victim had escaped they had made their discovery shortly after two in the morning returning from their wait at the mill and their murderous assault made upon banks who had been discovered too late to be another person than the young grand duke they had striven in vain to arouse zagorski till the door had been forced and the truth abruptly discovered at daylight the search on foot had begun then the car brought into requisition they had taken a road where some tracks in the snow had been left undisturbed by the wind the tracks were not thoroughly's now their circle brought them back again calculations convincing both the men that their captive could scarcely have gone so far even by walking all night when they came to the old-time blacksmith shop they halted and broke in the door thoroughly meantime not having dared attempt to look when the car was passing remained in her place of concealment till the faintest sound had died away in the distance when she emerged to clamber once more to the frozen road and hasten on more feverishly than before she was suddenly afflicted by a second thought which made her sick with disappointment it might have been robley in his car from whom she had hidden at the bridge he might have received her note at last and have come as soon as possible arriving only at dawn it was highly improbable after all that creatures such as she had seen at the house of her imprisonment would employ an automobile she could almost have cried she could almost have turned and run where the car had disappeared but the thought of proceeding in that direction was instantly frightening she could only plod ahead how far she had trudged when once again she heard the lively puncturing of the air by a motor's exhaust thoroughly neither knew nor cared she was once more possessed by alarms and excitements the instincts of precaution the hope of deliverance and friends the car she heard was behind her it was not yet to be seen so winding was the road she had halted opposite a more than usually desolate area where trees had been cut earth hauled away and stumps left strewn in dismal neglect she darted to the cover that the nearest one afforded and concealed herself behind its blackened bulk the car was coming rapidly still hidden by the earthy bank where excavations had ceased it slowed to take a furrowed bit of road its muffler purring quietly then rolled into view with the sunlight gleaming from its brass robley cried thoroughly leaping to her feet and stumbling and pitching grotesquely to catch her balance where a frozen clod had caught her foot she saw the startled whitened face of styvrant turned upon her and felt as if her very soul must leap from her bosom in joy he had halted his car as if it had struck a wall he leaped from his seat and as he had that day when he fell and ran to catch her in his arms as she lunged once more to fall from weakness and the stiffness of her body 
"'Thoroughly,' he said, "'thoroughly, in God's name, how? Oh, "'Get me away, don't stop,' she interrupted wildly, "'clinging to him helplessly. "'I've walked so far, and they may be coming any minute. "'Oh, you've come, you've come. "'I don't see how you could have ever found me. "'But please don't wait, don't talk. "'Let's go just as fast as ever we can. "'But thoroughly, who? "'Let me help you in,' he said to her, "'leading her promptly round the car "'where she climbed to the seat beside his own. "'There's no one on the road. "'You're cold. "'Good heavens, what you must have been through. "'You must take these robes. "'Perhaps you'd better ride in the back. "'Which, which way do you wish me to go?' "'So many words, explanations, and questions "'were on his mind that he abandoned coherence in despair, "'and thoroughly weakened by sudden relief "'and reliance on his strength could only sink in the cushioned seat, "'muffled with furs, and reply in broken sentences. "'I'd rather ride here, oh, to see you, "'anyone after it all, the horrible dream.' but they'll come they'll come just straight ahead anywhere but back the other way somewhere to get a train or reach a house and demand protection they'd stop at nothing now just please make it go car started slowly down the road you're safe he assured her gaining in calm as her weakness increased upon her and the need for his strength arose you're excited thoroughly naturally god to think "'What's that?' she interrupted wildly, her eyes tremendously dilated and blazing in his own. "'What's what? I—it's another car. Oh, if it should be—' She had turned to look backwards on the highway. Suddenly round the turn shot a big red limousine, two men on the seat in front. One of the men half rose by the wheel and let out a yell like a fiend. Stivern's car had already responded to his urging of spark and throttle. He felt thoroughly slump and sickening fear, and understood the situation as no spoken word could have told him. He crowded on his utmost power. The monster beneath him lurched forward like a liberated locomotive, and a furious race began. End of chapter 41